All right. Acts chapter 15. Last week we talked about the problem that we had where uh, look at verse 15 chapter 1 or verse, verse 1 of chapter 15 some men came down from Judea began teaching the brethren unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Mo- Moses you cannot be saved we talked about that last week and how uh, <clears throat> that caused great concern and they decided to uh, to send Paul and Barnabas back to Jerusalem which was the supreme court at the time uh, most of the disciples were out this is this is tradition were mostly out doing their thing but the two stalwarts stayed there which were uh, Peter <clears throat> Peter and uh, oh me John Peter and John but James the Lord's brother had kind of risen to the top this has been about 15 or 16 years from the time the Lord was resurrected and and James had had risen to the top as as the leader of the of the church there so they told him to go back and let's pick up in verse 6 of chapter 15 and the apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among us that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. Hold your finger there and turn back to chapter 10. Just a quick review. Chapter 10, verse 44. This is a beginning where... The Lord, verse 44 of chapter 10, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to, to the message. All were circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out among the Gentiles. For all they begin, uh, begin excuse me, for they all hearing them, speaking with tongues and exalting the Lord, then Peter answered surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized uh, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did can he and he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then that asked him to stay on for a few days nothing in that scripture says anything about circumcision the Judaizers were bringing all kind of problems but they needed to be solved so, Paul and Barnabas, y'all go back to Jer- Jerusalem and get this matter behind us. So, back to Luke, I mean Acts 15, and verse 7, and there was much debate. Now, debate in the church is not a new thing. Uh, a, a little argument's not a new thing. You know, a difference of opinion's not a, a new thing. And yet good things can come out of dif- uh, uh, differences. And yet to see somebody else's point of view is a great thing. Is a great thing. So they listened. 
And we'll see that in just a minute, right before James uh, talked. And verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving the Holy Spirit. Last week we read that particular scripture, and I told you that it was all about a heart. All about the issues of the heart. Little did I know that five or six hours later on Sunday night, we would have all the carnage that happened in Las Vegas. We still don't know the straight of all that. All I can tell you is that the man's heart was very, very evil. Now hold your finger in Acts, and let's go to John right quick. John chapter 8. Uh, <clears throat> that's Luke. Uh, John is right to your left. <clears throat> John chapter 8. This is the Lord Himself speaking, verses 44 <clears throat> of John chapter 8. Everybody with me? <clears throat> you are of your father the devil and you want to do the desires of your father he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him wherever he speaks a lie he speaks from his own nature for he is a liar and the father of lies Turn over on one page if your Bible's like mine to chapter 10. Look at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I don't know what was in the in the mind of the shooter. I don't know what his motives are, but I can tell you from what we know in Scripture, he was a lost man and the devil was in there. Now, what's our response as God's children is to pray and to love and to be Jesus in this world. And sometimes it's hard but we see all kind of things that happen. I haven't seen a lot that said that they did because of the Lord, but a lot of people came forward and did the right thing. Uh, they had, uh, can you imagine the hospitals uh, there taking in 500 injured people? Uh, they had uh, gynecologists doing surgery they had, they had just people doing whatever ever they could do to relieve this. But it comes back to that man's heart. His heart. And he comes back to our heart. What? How is your heart? <clears throat> song we used to sing. How about your heart? Is it right with God? If it's not, I pray you get right. Verse 8. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit. Verse 11. But we believe that we are all saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. 
I've asked Felter to read a little thing from Chuck Swindoll. Uh, Chuck Swindoll and, and Ray Stedman, who I'm, I'm reading from on this study, they're kind of at my level. They're not, <laughs> they're not way off somewhere theologically, but they make sense to me. So Velter, read that part. The council at Jerusalem, unpleasant as it was, gave the apostles and the elders an opportunity to refocus the church on the essentials of the Christian life. After much debate, Peter sealed the discussion with a sobering reminder. Theology is a necessary discipline. We should be biblical and logical in all our spiritual deliberations. When God speaks directly to an issue, however, all discussion ceases. By giving His Spirit to the uncircumcised Gentiles, authenticating them as genuine believers and citizens of His kingdom, God settled the matter. Clearly, eternal salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. With all in agreement, the leaders needed to inform the churches and to answer the question on everyone's mind, what does God expect of Christians under the new covenant? So they came together. Look at verse 12. And all the people kept silent. And they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they related the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. They listened. It didn't say that they already had their mind made up. Sometimes when you come and talk to me, I've already got my mind made up. Sometimes when I talk to you, you've already got your mind made up. But they listened. They listened. They said, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what they had to say. And they were very attentive to what was happening. We talked about this last week. Uh, the Judaizers was coming back and said, you've got to be, get, get circumcised. And yet Paul and Barnabas said, these people had already been saved. And Peter, according to the scripture we just read, said, they've already been saved. So as Velter read what Chuck Swindoll said, he said God had already moved and had settled, settled the situation. But we need to understand where this is. A bunch of humans trying to get along. And this is what they, they needed to put to rest. Now, beginning with verse 13, this is what James said about the situation. After they had stopped speaking, I love that. James didn't interrupt them. When they got through, James says, Brethren, listen to me. Simon has related how God first concerned himself about taking from among the, uh, the Gentiles a people for his name. With the words of the prophet agree just as it is written. And these next two verses are from Amos chapter 9. After these things I will return. And I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins. And I will restore it. So that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And that all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord 
who makes these things from long ago. Therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. James might have been not a believer before the Lord's resurrection, but he caught up really, really quick. And he was in the Scripture, and he knew what was said, and he quoted from Amos that the Gentiles, if you read it in your Bible now, it says the nations, but as it's transcribed here or translated here in, in Acts, it said the Gentiles, that the Gentiles were going to have a part and they are and James testified to that and he says look we don't need to burden them with some of the things we couldn't do we talked about that last week uh, <clears throat> in chapter in verse 19 he said why do you now put God to the test by placing upon their necks of the disciples a yoke with neither our fathers or we have been able to bear we talked about that so so James had done his homework and he says in verse 19 it's my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles now this is what Ray Stedman says about this particular thing and I, I like it in other words James confirmed by the prediction of the word that what God and Peter Paul and Barnabas had declared his point is that God intends to save the Gentiles as already begun in the home of Cornelius <clears throat> he gives us very practical suggestions for a letter to the Gentile believers suggesting design designed to lay the controversy to rest and it did now Paul brought it up in Galatians that we, we read last week but from then on the act of circumcision is not mentioned and it's certainly no, no uh, requirement for salvation he said we should write to them a letter that they abstain from idolatry from fornication uh, and from eating which is strangled and eating blood for those are the early generations Moses has in every city who preached him notice the classification there are two moral realms idolatry and sexually sexual immorality if the Gentiles ate animals that were strangled or if they ate blood they would have greatly difficult in Difficulty, excuse me, in worshiping with Jewish believers, um, those who clung to some of the dietary laws. So James wisely suggested that they should, in love, forego these practices in order to have fellowship with the body of Christ. Now, <clears throat> we're going to continue to reading this, but of the everything he told, the basic three tenets that he told the church. <clears throat> Uh, to go tell the churches from this what we know today as the Jerusalem Council to remain true today <clears throat> idols idols we went through this Isaiah time and time and time and time again and we've gone back to the first commandment you shall love the Lord 
with all your heart and all your soul and don't have any idols. Idols. Today we have idols. We've talked about that when we walk through Isaiah more times than not. The idol we have today is us. Us. We've gone through all the self-help things and says you need to sit up and stand up and do what you need to do and therefore we've made little idols of ourselves remember the lady in the black Lexus you know the next thing is fornication and and Swindoll says something about what what that is he said fornication is an umbrella term for a broad range, broad range of sexual sins, not just adultery. It's associated with prostitution, uh, any illicit sexual activity, including adultery, homosexual, incest, bestiality, and child molest, molestation. Don't do it. God said don't do it. As Christians, don't do it. Don't do it. We'll pause for station identification. Okay. It's picking up in verse 20. But that we write them today that they abstain from these things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from uh, what is strangled and from blood. Verse 21. For Moses, the law, the law, from ancient generations in every city, those who preached him since he is read in the synagogue every Sabbath. Every, there was a synagogue everywhere Paul went. What did he do? He went to the synagogue. He started preaching. The law was read. They knew this thing about don't eat an animal whose blood hadn't been let. A hunter today will tell you when they field dress an animal in the field, one thing they're doing is protecting the quality of meat. I don't know why God told them to do it, but that might be one reason that they told them to do it. But he says, don't do it. And James says that might be a, sens a sensitive thing to some of the Jews. So let's stay away from that. Stay away from that. Okay. Verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and to the elders and to the whole church to come to choose men among them to send to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. That, friends, is a stroke of genius. They went, Paul and Barnabas went down there and says, this is a problem. James says, we're going to write this letter and we're going to send it back to you. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to send two more people with them that can vouch for what, what we said in this council. It's kind of, it's, it's validating what they said. Now they all, Paul and Barnabas already were high on the fact that this is what needs to be done. But Judas and, and Silas went back to agree with the people in Antioch. This is what had happened. A witness. 
a witness. Alright, this is the contents of the letter, verse 23. And they sent this letter by them. The apostles and the brethren who are elders to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia who are from the Gentiles greetings. Since we have heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words of unsettling your souls. We talked about this last week. These people who were doing this were Christians. They came out of the of the, the Jewish faith. Most of them were Sanhedrins. And it says, you must do this. And yet, <clears throat> James is saying, they didn't have any authority from us to do that, but they upset you. And so this is what we're going to do. Verse 25. It seems good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we have sent Judas and Silas who themselves will also report the same thing by word of mouth. Now, verse 28 and 29 is the crux of the whole thing. Now the thing I love about, about Dr. Luke when he writes, he cuts to the chase. If any of y'all have been in, in business and this kind of thing, you know, sometimes some little point we have to have 17 meetings and we write this, this whole long brief about what little bitty things. The letter boils down to two verses. Two verses, 28 and 29. This is what he said. For it seems good to the Holy Spirit that to us lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. Abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood and from things strangled, and from fornication. If you do keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. Simple. Simple. Today, don't mess with an idol. It's God and God alone. Jesus and Jesus alone and don't commit sexual sin of any kind. That's what he said. That's what he said. Verse 30. So when they were sent away, they went down to Antioch having gathered the congregation together. They delivered the letter. When they read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets, themselves encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. They had two preachers there, and they said, y'all go ahead and preach. And they did. I don't know how long a lengthy message was, but it was lengthy. Verse 33. After they had spent some time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had sent them out. But it seemed good to Silas to remain there. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch teaching and preaching with many others also the word of the Lord. It was hallelujah time once they got this thing all settled down. It says, we're good. 
we're going to go. These two men came and they preached. Silas chose to stay. And we'll see in the next two ver- uh, few verses why that happened. But, but he, he chose to stay. And as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the New Testament is concerned, circumcision is gone away. Now like we went through when we re- went through Romans, Paul used the word a lot. But again, one more time, when he says circumcised, those were Jews. Non-circumcision was everybody else. And why Paul you used the word, when you get to heaven, you ask him. But uh, that's, that's, that's what it was about. Well, I'm going to let Art pick up next week with verse, uh, verse 36, and we'll go on and uh, we'll have another map for you next week, which will be the second and third missionary journey. And... and uh, We'll see. It's a matter of the heart. And it's Jesus and Jesus alone. We good? We good. Okay. I'm breaking off a little early so Ben can get his seat. And we'll we'll go we'll go from there. Thank y'all for coming. Wilson, thank you for coming. Okay. I know mom and daddy be glad to love on you a little bit. All right. Anything else? Let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you for who you are and we thank you that a long time ago you moved in the heart of Luke to write and we have it. And Father, we thank you for faithful men, Barnabas, the encourager, Paul, the prophet, the missionary, Silas, sidekick, John Mark, sidekick, We thank you for these men that are mentioned in Scripture that these 2,000 years later we can hold in our hand and read. Bless us as we go from this place. We're grateful for covenants 23 years in existence. We ask you to bless us. Bless Pastor Larry as he preaches. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen.